Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Julie R. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Northern California. Today is Tuesday, August 8th, 2023, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous and we are on the chapter working with others. We are on page 98. We'll be reading starting from the third paragraph beginning on the last line of the page. In many homes, this is a difficult thing to do. Through five sentences concluding the paragraph discussed in the atmosphere of helpfulness and friendliness. We'll be commenting on these five sentences only. Today's readers are reading the text, Nancy C., page 164, Susan S.H., and Danny T. is our backup reader. Chris W. will be reading the 12 steps and Morgan K. reading the tradition. Our newcomer greeter is Karen W. and our host for the second hour is Barb W. The reference number for yesterday, Monday, 7 a.m., August 7, 2023, is 20,510. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 20,511. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. I will now ask Chris W. to read the 12 steps of OA. Hi, this is Chris W., Chris with a K from Nashville. One. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And finally, 12, 
having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you so much for letting me serve. Thank you, Chris. I will now ask Morgan Kay to read the 12 traditions of OA. Good morning, this is Morgan Kay, a compulsive overeater for Manitoba, Canada. The 12 traditions of OA. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group, group not ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Morgan. Uh, today's share ID for Tuesday, August 8th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 20,514. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the direction for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share in what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive readers only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to meet your phone. To have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and working with others. And we are on page 98, the third paragraph beginning on the last line of the page. In many homes, there is a difficult thing to do. Reading through five sentences, concluding the paragraph discussed in an atmosphere of helpfulness and friendliness. We will be commenting on these five sentences only. I will now ask Nancy C. to begin reading. 
Good morning, Vision family. Nancy C. gratefully recovered this morning in Ann Arbor, Michigan. In many homes, this is a difficult thing to do, but it must be done if any results are to be expected. If persisted for a few months, the effect on a man's family is sure to be great. The most incompatible people discover they have a basis upon which they can meet. Little by little, the family may see their own defects and admit them. These can then be discussed in an atmosphere of helpfulness and friendliness. Oh, wow. So great to be sharing on this topic, and I'm sure that everyone's going to have a lot of things to say, and you can go so many different ways. But, you know, what is um, what is the this that is a difficult thing to do? It's avoiding argument and fault fighting at any cost, like the plague. I was thinking of, um, you know, we had the plague with COVID a while ago and how we all had to learn different behavior and how it took time to learn that behavior. And it reminds me of being in the steps and almost in this paragraph, it's what it was like, what happened and what we are like now, right? My home, my, my domestic situation, I was a sharpshooter. I was just a terrorist every day in my home. I would find fault. I would argue, argue. I would just be unbearable to live with because what did I want to do? I wanted to have a reason to eat. I wanted to be able to just go sit in a corner and stuff my face and just really see the plight of the world all because people didn't do what I wanted them to do. And today, going through the steps, being given this program of recovery and trying to share this with other people, my whole attitude and outlook has changed, right? Fear of people and of economic insecurity has left. All of those promises have come through, come true, and now we live in an atmosphere of helpfulness and friendliness. You know, I live in those principles today. Nothing has changed, but everything's changed because God has opened my heart and he has shown me a different way of living. And by me changing, everyone else has an opportunity to change. And it's not a one and done. I mean, I said, I'm sorry. My middle name was, I'm sorry. Nancy, I'm so sorry. I just wanted people not to be mad at me. I wanted people to talk to me. Giving amends and then living to those men, amends and persisting in them and trying to, to live in a different way every day and demonstrate that I have change did make a change with everyone else. When I changed, everyone else changed. But if I couldn't do that, nobody else would change. Today, in all of my affairs, I have people that have all changed around me because I've changed. You know, it's like the acceptance chapter where um, Max is seen differently. My focus today is on good. My focus today is God-given and seeing the gifts that are in front of me rather than the negative, everyone's out to get me. Um, when I focus on the right things, the atmosphere in my family, the atmosphere around me is something everyone wants. When I focus on myself and the food and my disease, nobody wants to be around me. And I thank God today I have people who want to be around me. And I can't wait to hear the shares today. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Nancy C. 
Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. And who would like to share on this paragraph or five sentences? Do I want to unmute? I'm sure somebody wants to share on this. Lisa Aaron Wisconsin. Rachel K. Rachel K. Jeannie B. Who? Jeannie B. I can't hear you, but um, can you say your name a little louder? Jeannie B. Jeannie B. Okay. Anyone else? Could you say where we are again in the book, please? We're on page 98, the third paragraph, beginning with the last line. In many homes, this is a difficult thing to do, reading through five sentences, um, ending with discussing the atmosphere of helpfulness and friendliness. We could take a few more names. All right, well, let's start with Lisa M, followed by Rachel K, and then Jenny B. Go ahead, Lisa. Okay, can you hear me okay? Yes. Lisa M, star one to unmute. I am okay. so sorry. I am fooling around with the buttons. I'm goofing it all up. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yes. yes. Okay. Sorry. Thank you so much for your service this morning. Good morning, everyone. Um, yeah, I was. It was kind of a hard um, area to read yesterday and today because it it reminds me of things that I did. But then there's always that bright side of this program that helps me. Because um, the, the argument and fault finding of yesterday that we read, um, I didn't know I was supposed to avoid that like the plague. We did that in my house growing up. And the fault finding was, um, boy, it was really prominent. And I used to do that to my son, my oldest son, when he was little. And I would say he was like a grandmother because that's who I didn't like. And, uh, you know, that. That doesn't help a relationship <laughs> to tell somebody they're like somebody you don't like. And you know, it was that um, pointing my finger at him and having three pointing back at me. And that is what I found out in this beautiful program. I can't hear anything. Oh, thank you. Um, I'll talk louder. So it was like I was pointing my finger at my son and three were pointing back at me because I was like my mother and I was still finding argumentative and I didn't even know it. And then um, I came to this program and little by little it showed me how to change because I didn't even know how. Um, I, I knew I was, after a while, I knew I was the problem, but I didn't know how to change. But um, I stayed in the rooms, I listened, I learned, I learned from my fellows, and God showed, showed me slowly 
you know, he knew how much time I needed to take to learn. And it got better in my home. And now that son and I love each other very much, I made amends to him. And um, I'm careful. I'm careful with that relationship now, and I respect it. So um, that's all I have today. Thank you so much for letting me share. And I'm sorry I'm talking soft. My family was so You were fine. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Sure. Uh, next, we'll have Rachel Kay, followed by Jenny B. Thank you so much, Julie, and thank you, Nancy C., for starting us off. Um, love what you had to say. And, yeah, my name is Rachel Kay, compulsive overeater from Indiana, and this paragraph to me is all about restraint of tongue and pen, or as one of my program friends and I talk about ROTAP, you know, we'll text each other, okay, I need some ROTAP sport, um, is restraint of tongue and pen. And even in the, in the AA 12 and 12, it even says um, nothing pays off so much as restraint of tongue and pen. Um, we must avoid quick-tempered criticism and furious power-driven argument. And believe it or not, like not every thought that I have about somebody needs to be expressed. Um, you know, it's, it, even though it's like, well, they need to know this, they need, they need to know what they're doing wrong so they can correct it. Not, not really, you know, not really. Um, and by the grace of God, the steps have shown me a way to, you know, evaluate things. They've given me that pause, um, before I say something that could be hurtful or, um, that, that doesn't need to be said, um, because I'm not running the show. Usually when I want to criticize or fault find with anything, and not just in my family, in my workplace, um, in all relationships, um, it's because they're not following my script. And as good as I think my script is, um, you know, nobody is scrambling to make, you know, a movie out of my script. Um, you know, God, God is the author. And when I when I let go and I when I let God be the author and the director and the producer of the show, things go so much better because God's got the big picture. I only have one small little tiny fragment of the picture. And God has the big picture for my family. And it says, you know, in this paragraph that they may come around and start admitting fault or, or start talking about it or they may not. But that's none of my business. It's none of my business. It's not my job to change people or to to point out where I am right and they are wrong. I when I gave up compulsive, you know, using food compulsively and sugar and other substances, I gave up right fighting, um, and I gave up, you know, the 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 need to be right um, because I'd rather be happy. And so anyway, thanks for calling in on me. Uh, thanks for doing service, everybody who does service to make this meeting happen, and I pass. Thank you, Rachel Kay. Next, we'll have Jeannie B. Hi, this is Jeannie B., a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. Um, I love this paragraph. I, my experience is I had no idea uh, how argumentative how much this paragraph applied to me until I was in recovery, how much I complained about others, how much I pointed out the flaws in my life and the flaws in other people's character until I was in recovery. 
I uh, gained a self-awareness as I went through the steps and now continue every day to strive to live into my ideals and notice that the further I get into my recovery, the more um, kind of healed I become, the more I notice when I'm not healed, the more I notice when those character defects come about, when I am blaming someone else, shaming someone else, pointing out, well, why didn't you do it this way? Well, the the customer service agent said you would do this. Well, that agent said that. I'm pointing out discrepancies. I point out why something is, isn't as it should be or isn't my fault. Um, now I am more increasingly aware when I'm stepping out of my ideal character traits. Uh, I, I choose and I choose to grow into being a loving, kind person. And it starts for me with my tone of voice, something I can control so easily when I am aware. I can shift my tone of voice to kindness, to love in a general sense, to just that kindness toward another person. And that's who I strive to be. It is so easy to become that argumentative person who points out the hole rather than the donut. What's wrong? The the hole in the Swiss cheese rather than the cheese. I uh, do not wish to be that person, and I will not be that person. Every day, by God's grace, I will continue to strive to be a better person. And in that, as I do my steps, I become happier and more free, and my, my I can feel a joy rising up in me. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Jeannie B. Okay, who else would like to share on the paragraph? Katie B. Katie B. Hi, this is John. Genoa B. John who? In New Jersey. John in New Jersey. What's your uh, initial of your last name? G. G, got it. Thank you, John. Genoa B. Genoa B. Christina? Lisa. Oh, Lisa. Jeez, my hearing. Lisa J. Anyone else? Joanne P. Joanne P. Okay, let's start with this. Katie B. followed by John G. Go ahead, Katie B. Hi, good morning. Sorry, I'm out of breath. I'm walking my dogs. This is Katie B. calling from New York. I'm a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm laughing at myself at this paragraph as I'm listening to it, because just as I walked out the door to walk my dogs this morning and put vision for you in my ear, I said something pretty self-righteous to my husband, (laughs) pointing out like that he had said something unkind, which he had, right? But I, but I love that this paragraph reminds me that I'm in recovery. <laughs> My husband isn't. And, and even with other people that are in recovery, I need to manage my expectations um, if I want to be happy, joyous, and free. And I need to, or I strive, to remember that maybe I am showing up differently. Maybe 
I am contributing in a more positive way to my family because of my recovery. And yes, sure, it would be nice if my family members acknowledge their defects, but that's not like a guarantee of this program. And when I'm expecting it, I'm going to end up um, resentful. I'm going to end up uh, feeling just like I used to feel before program. So I don't know what my point is exactly other than to say that um, I'm grateful to hear this this morning. I'm grateful to remember that maybe, maybe, uh, some people in my life will, point, life will point out their defects or acknowledge them, and maybe they won't. And despite that, I can still get well, and I can still feel free. So I'm going to pass with that. Thanks. Thank you, Katie B. Next, we'll have John G. and then Genoa B. Go ahead, John. Star one to unmute, John. Thanks. Hi, my name is John G. I'm a compulsive overeater, recovering. And uh, thanks for your service, everyone, today. It's good to hear some familiar voices. And um, I'm just uh, coming back to OA from uh, about a four-year absence and uh, I'm struggling to you know, get get some abstinence, but uh, can certainly relate to the reading. Um, I live with other people, and uh, one person in particular, um, I'm very critical towards, not verbally, but in my mind, um, criticizing his behaviors, and sometimes I talk to talk about him to another person that lives here and we kind of um, character um, assassinate him and um, which is not good Um, so I've been praying about it and um, praying to, to God you know to remove these attitudes that I have towards him he's he's a good guy he's not a bad guy um, he's very easy to get along with and he's very easy to live with. But I think deep down inside, I have some jealousy and that's that's my character defect is jealousy towards him because he's much higher functioning than I am. And, um, you know, this, this comes through um, and I realized that through prayer and some self-examination you know what is it about this person that that bothers me and what is it about me that um you know is what's 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 wrong with me you know usually it's not the other person it's me that um has the problem and so i've been able to um eliminate some of it um i have to be uh grateful for progress rather than perfection. Um, I am getting along better with him. And, um, you know, I don't talk about him to my other roommate as much. And uh, so, um, you know, by working the steps and praying, it's 
it's helped me quite a bit. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, John G. Keep coming back. Uh, next, we have Hi. Genoa B, followed by Lisa J. Good morning, family. Genoa B, as in victory, uh, from Las Vegas. Um, compulsive reader recovered in, in Vegas. Um, man, oh, man. I tell you, yesterday um, and today, you guys have just been talking about me. Ugh, fault finding. And when it says in many homes, this is a difficult thing to do. Ugh, it really, really is. Um, man, um, the person that, that started us off this morning, thank you so much. Um, because, yeah, in the past, my fault finding and my um, being so argumentative was a way for me to get my husband out of the house so I could get into all those little nooks and crannies where I had food stashed and I could eat. It was it was me and the food against the world, you know. Um, but what I was thinking about was, you know, number one, it's so good to keep going through this book because just like I can forget um, how bad it was with the food, I also forget that I have all of this stuff too, and I start to think I'm okay. Um, and, uh, and and to this day, I still have difficulty with fault finding. So after, oh, just lost my earbud. But anyway, after hearing all the comments and everything on the meeting yesterday, boy, last night I almost chewed my tongue off trying to be quiet and not say stuff to my husband. He's like, my God, I still have such a problem with this. And um, you know, anyway, um, but the other thing that I that I was sitting here thinking about is that yes, in my home, my fault finding. Uh, yes, out in the streets, fault finding. You know, I have a script. I want everybody to follow it, uh, and nobody's really interested, like somebody else said. But uh, the other dynamic I have though is then I don't know how to deal with the world when I have a service done that I'm not pleased with or it's not up to standards. I don't really know how to handle that though. Um, and I just think that's really interesting because yesterday um, I had to return for a service I had done and, and it wasn't correct. And it was the hardest thing. Like I had to call a couple people. I had to pray just to go in and deal with that. Now if that had been my husband, oh, I could have whacked him down really quickly and let him know this isn't right. Um, I also thought about uh, in step, I believe it's step 10, where it talks about um, and maybe it's not, I may have it wrong, but anyway, where it talks about how we want to control everything and like sometimes I can be real nice and if that doesn't work the next time I won't be mean about it, you know, I go through all these different things trying to adjust everything to fit me and I'm the problem here. Um, I love uh, Joe and Charlie talked about uh, in Step 10 that, you know, hopefully I'm the problem because if it's the other person that's the problem, it's nothing I can do to change them. But hopefully it's me and it's something I can do to change me. And you guys help change me day by day, and I'm so appreciative. Thank you for allowing me to share. Next we have Lisa J. followed by Joanne P. Good morning. This is Lisa J. from Michigan, grateful compulsive eater, recovered for this 24 hours. And... I'm so grateful for all the shares this morning and all of the reminders as we walk through this chapter that it's not just about the food. It's about what comes after. What else do I have to put down? And when I get to step six and seven, and when I get to my nightly review looking at every night where I could have done better, uh, what could I have done differently? And 
most of the time it has to do with my mouth. <laughs> Everything from the food to what I speak to, um, you know, these, it is a pause. Like if I could answer with a breath instead of saying those words right away, if I can answer with a breath, just a deep breath in and inviting God into that moment, it all comes around to, you know, being submitted to this power greater than myself because I can't do it. I can't do any of this on my own. I have to humbly ask him to remove this shortcoming. And it doesn't matter how much I bite my tongue or if I put duct tape over my mouth. It doesn't matter. I can't. My willpower only takes me so far and it's not far enough. So I have to have this higher power that I call God and I have to be in, I have to experience the sunlight of the spirit. I have to transmit the sunlight of the, the spirit because if I just take all of this in and don't do anything about it, I become stagnant water. So when I get to, you know, when I get done with the 11th step, when I get done with the 10th step, where can I be of service to other people? I, turn, I direct my attention at once to what, what he would have me be. I commence to outgrow fear. It's the answer to everything is turning to God. Uh, the Father of Light, as the big book says. So thank you so much, Pat. Thank you, Lisa J. And next we have Joanne P. Good morning, everyone. This is Joanne P. from Pennsylvania, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. So thankful to be here today and so thankful for our program and for all of you and your shares. Um, Just, you know, as we go through these paragraphs, it just reminds me that uh, we have to bring the spirit of our program into the home, into into my marriage. Uh, My family at home right now is just my husband and I and... I, in practicing the 10th step as working through these steps, I realize all my resentments, many of my resentments are because people aren't following my script. People aren't acting the way I think they should be. I, you know, I need I learn, I'm learning that I need to work on changing myself, that I have to let go of blaming. I have to um, ask God to give me the right thoughts and actions to be of more service to him and to others. Um, things that I thought were other people's mistakes are really me resenting that people aren't following my script. My self-righteousness was so profound. Oh, my word. And I'm so thankful for this program, too, and to make me be more honest and more humble, um, to abandon myself to my higher power. And, yeah, and just let go of trying to be in charge. You know, I just need to... um be a better person and practice these principles in all my daily affairs, starting right here in my house and at home. So, yeah, I keep coming back because this program is amazing and working these steps has helped me to live an extraordinary life, really, 
compared to how it was. Um, I'm just so grateful and thankful for for God who um, can only do for me what I cannot do for myself and helps me to realize who I am and this new way of living and being a better person is what it's all about. So thank you so much for letting me share that my house. Thank you. Thank you, Joanne P. For those who just joined us, I want to remind everybody that we are on the third paragraph on page 98, starting with the last line. In many homes, this is a difficult thing to do, reading through five sentences, concluding discussed in an atmosphere of helpfulness and friendliness. Who else would like to share? Carolyn S.H. Ashley B. Carmela. Okay, hold on one second. I got Carolyn, I got CBB, but there was somebody else. There was two other people. Carmela G. Carmela, there we go. Carmela G. And who else? Kara G. Kara? Sarah G. Sarah G. Okay. Okay. Julie Julie M. Moore Z. Moore Z. Ashley oh, S. Ashley. Oh, I think you were above, you were early on. I'm going to move you. Okay, cool. All right, we're going to start with Carolyn S. H. B. 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 And Ashley. Let's go with that three. Go ahead, Carolyn. Hey, good morning. Carolyn S.H., uh, gratefully recovering today on day 66 of abstinence. Um, thank you, Julie, and everyone for your service. I uh, I want to say ditto and uh, amen to everything that everyone else um, has said. And I also have a, a slightly different thing that I'm not sure I've heard anyone else share. Um, so I wanted to share yesterday, but I but I held off because I could have said so much about that as well. It's very easy for me um, to find fault in others, <laughs> um, especially uh, the man I live with. And um, so, in many homes, this is difficult. This is a difficult thing to do. Um, so, what's a difficult thing to do to avoid argument and fault finding? Um, I can't find the exact words right now, but but um, so what I find this thing also, what's implied is that there are faults, that other people have faults, that other people act, you know, inappropriately, just like me. Um, and um, I don't know about you guys, but I, I have a great tendency to go into denial. Part of my disease is, oh, they're fine. I just have to be nice. Um, if I'm nice, they're going to change, or it didn't hurt that bad. You know, I don't, I don't have to see that I was just spoken to inappropriately, um, and and then I internalize it, um, and then I behave poorly. So it gets all convoluted. But here, it's telling me I can say, I can like look and see. Okay, they're behaving poorly, and it's not my job to fix that. It's not my job to focus on that. It's not my job to tell them about that. It's my job to keep my side of the street clean 
And that doesn't mean they're going to change. It might. Um, it says it's, they're more likely over time, um, little by little, uh, fa- the family may see their own defects and admit them. And I, I actually do find that, but I can't count on that. Um, if I count on that, then I'm trying to manipulate. Um, but it's really important for me to see reality uh, and to stay on my side of the street and to trust higher power that no matter what's going on, um, working on me, working on my relationship with higher power first is the best, most important, only thing I can do. Um, and like someone else quoted, um, you know, it's a good thing that I'm the problem. I'm the only problem I can fix. Even if there is another problem, I'm the only one I can fix. And, um, and that that's okay. Um, yeah, I hope, I hope that made sense. And I'm just so grateful for all of you. Thank you. With that, I pass. Thank you, Carolyn S. H. And next we're going to have Ashley. And please let us know what your last initial is. Good morning. This is Ashley F. calling from Kentucky, recovered compulsive overeater, just for this moment. And um, I was thinking about the arrogance that I tend toward of thinking that I know what somebody else needs to change. It's a huge part of my problem. It's a huge part of me. Uh, It gets in the way of me surrendering to the great whatever or God, as I call God. And the other thing is that if I'm with somebody who allows me to point out their character defects, I always want more. It's never enough for me because I am, I will use the term addict because it fits for me. And just like I developed a tolerance for sugar and for food that had no purpose except to help me escape or um, to help me quote unquote get high. I developed a tolerance for that. And as that tolerance went up, my tolerance for other people went down. I couldn't and don't even now, and especially free of the food without my drug, my tolerance for other people is really low. I didn't even realize how low um, I, I noticed it says must in here. It must be done. Is there any results to be expected? And I didn't know how to meet somebody on, it talks about, we discover a basis upon which we can meet. And I didn't know how to meet anybody. Part of why there was fault finding and criticism is my experience had been either I'm in charge or you're in charge. And I'm either totally surrendered to your will or you're surrendered to mine. But there was no meeting another human. And I think that that's part of why I have a challenge in believing that God could be loving to me because I only knew how to either surrender to somebody else's will, which, you know, our will for somebody else or somebody else's will for us is rarely about are, you know, blessing us greatly. It's our egos, but I only knew one way to relate. And so God was going to be critical of me. That's how I related to others. And that's what I expected. I'm so thankful for this program and thank you for letting me share. 
Thank you, Ashley. And next we'll have Carmela G. Go ahead, Carmela. Thank you so much. Carmela G. gratefully recovered for today from New York. Um, It's easy to work this program in the rooms when we're surrounded by everyone. And in disease, I was a Jekyll and Hyde. You never knew who was coming out. This program is not just in the rooms. It's a design for living, living and loving in all our relationships. And it reminds me of the very beginning where it talks about our primary purpose of this program is to love God and one another. And if I truly love those that are in my life, be it family or friends, and that I'm close with, my relationship has to come out of love. God loves all of us. And for me, God's love is a perfect love. I am a very, very imperfect human being. And every day, I need to ask God to help me get through my imperfections so they do not spill out over onto others and really invade their space. And my job is to pray, to pray for all of those that I live with and that I can be loving and tolerant. And that's all I'm responsible for is my actions. And that's I solely answer to my higher power that I call God. And so do all the other people in my life and in my surroundings. They answer not to Carmela, used to be the boss of bosses, but they answer to their higher power. And that must be a constant reminder. And this is what this um, brought to my mind today. Thank you so much. Enjoy your day. Thank you, Carmel G. Next, we'll have CBB followed by Sarah G. Thanks, Julie. Thank you for your service. This is CBB, Recovered Food Addict, Compulsive Overeater in Vermont. Um, there aren't any mistakes. Uh, I haven't been on a live Vision for You meeting in quite a while. I listened to the recordings, but today I had the opportunity. And <clears throat> something happened this morning with my husband that speaks exactly to this. Um, so the first thing is that the food has been down for quite a while. I had the hardest time at the beginning connecting the dots between the food and the steps and the work in the big book. Um, now it's become really clear to me that the food has to be down in order to make space to hear what my higher power has to say. So the situation that happened this morning is that we are not at home. We're at a um, another location, um, and we'll be here for a while. Um, we had a dog that died about six months ago, maybe almost 10 months ago now. And um, about four months ago, we got a new little dog, a new little rescue dog. And she's not great on a leash with other dogs. 
and it's caused some uncomfortable situations. So this morning when I was walking her, um, and it was really a quiet time for me. I was walking her on a woods road, and um, it was lovely. And um, that space to hear my higher power said, you need some help. You need some help. You need help. She needs help. And so I came home and I said to my husband, you know, I have the name of someone that we could work with here because we're not at home. And I'd really like to do that. You know, with our other dog, we paid lots of money for medical treatments for her and so forth and so on. And I said, you know, and I think we owe our new little dog's name is Lucy Lou. I think we owe Lucy Lou that. And my husband made a comment that was pretty unkind, he said, well, she she owes it to us, like meaning the dog. And I said, I was very calm, and I said, you know, this is really on us. And on our door, I have an acronym of something that I read the other day, the acronym THINK. Is it thoughtful? Is it honest? Is it intelligent? Is it necessary? Is it kind? And I paused before I said anything, and I said, you know, she's not Lily. And he said, I know that. That's part of the problem. And I said, well, you know, I reminded him of what it was like when when our other dog, Lily, was a puppy. Um, And he didn't remember any of that. But my comment that was thoughtful, honest, intelligent, necessary, and kind turned around the way that he responded. And then we had a lovely conversation. And he said, I miss Lily. Um, and she, Lucy's not Lily. And I said, I know. Um, but we owe it, and we owe it to her, and we owe it to us. Um, and so that, that sentence, little by little, the family um, may see their own defects and admit them. These can be then discussed in an atmosphere of helpfulness and friendliness. And that's exactly what happened this morning. You know, from um, my abstinent breakfast to my walk to my hearing the God nudges, thanks, Julie, it was possible. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Phoebe B. Uh, Next, we have Sarah G. followed by Julie M. Hi, good morning. This is Sarah G. from New Jersey. Um, Wow, this is really amazing shares, every single one of them. Um, Some of them are just mind-blowing. But um, I just wanted to say everything this morning um, seems to be pointing to my shortcomings. Um, You know, know, just my mouth has always been my problem, what goes in and what comes out. And I've always said that for many, many years. Um, never did I know that it was really God that could help me. I always thought it had to be my own self-control, control my mouth, control my mouth. Um, and I am just so grateful for this program showing me you know, that I I have that help. Um, but this morning, uh, one of my adult children posted something so funny um, that really points just to this. It's this comedian who talks about parenting, and she said, did you ever go to sleep with your kitchen clean, and then you wake up in the morning, and it looks like this, and she shows how messy it is, and 
she says, and then you just want to go into your children's rooms while they're sleeping and scream at them. And then when you scream at them, they're going to say, Mom, why are you a lunatic? And you're going to say, I don't know. I don't know why I'm a lunatic. And that's just this. You're like, why am I screaming? Why am I a lunatic? I don't know why I'm a lunatic. And it's because we're looking at we're looking at this. I mean, my kids are laughing at this because they know that this has happened to me. And I have screamed at them when they were sleeping in the morning. And um and I'm like, you know, I I really I don't want to be a lunatic and I don't have to be a lunatic. I can see what do I need to do to, you know, help this situation. Where do I need to have my patience? I need to be have understanding. I need to know, you know, what people's capabilities are at certain ages. Um, you know, like it's a previous share, like what can a do- like what can you expect from a dog? What can you expect from a teenager? You know, there's certain things that you can, certain things you can't, and from a three-year-old or a two-year-old, and I, um, or from my adult children, and really, um, I need to allow, you know, my family to find their own way, um, even if it's it's difficult for me, and little by little, as it says here, the family may may see their own defects and admit them. And these can be discussed in an atmosphere of helpfulness and friendliness, possibly a therapist. And, um, you know, i just very, very grateful here. And I want to thank you all. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Sarah G. Um, next, we have Julie M. and Nora V. So maybe if we can do two minutes apiece because we're getting close to time. Thank you. Go ahead, Julie M. Good morning. This is Julie M. from upstate New York. Um, thank you, everybody, for your shares. And, Julie, thank you for your service. Um, you know, this time when I came to Vision back in March and going through the steps with a sponsor, you know, I've learned so many new things. Um, one of the things that um, I can identify with is that in Step 8, um, this is a relationship-building process. And... Uh, I um, had so many broken relationships with my family, and um, when my mother became sick in May and she's moved in with us, it's been nine weeks that she's been with us, you know, I've been questioning God, right, my higher power, why is mom here, you know, and um, she's here because I have to learn more patience and more love and more tolerance, and um, I was like, you know, I've I've been in, I'm in more of acceptance of this, and um, it's been a difficult situation, but I need to remember that um, every day, like it's stated on awakening, I have to be, you know, I I ask my higher power to be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, and self-seeking motives. Um, With that, you know, my family comes, and they come and help, and they say things, and um, when they say things, I just I just learned that I need to just be quiet and um and I know that I have to practice restraint of pen and tongue. And the sentence that really struck me in this particular reading is he should concentrate on his own spiritual demonstration. And that's what I've been striving for. I've been striving to stay calm, to stay quiet, to have restraint of pen and tongue, to, to not be critical 
to just love and keep loving. And with that, being quiet and staying more quiet and not saying everything that I need to say, I've been getting, um, with my youngest sister in particular, she has come and she hugs me and she says, I'm sorry for everything that you're going through with mom, but we love what you're doing. And with that, um, you know, I just have had a lot of peace. So I'm grateful to be on the line this morning. And thank you for everyone sharing and have a blessed day, everybody. Thank you. Morrissey, if you could do a fast one. (laughs) Thanks. Hey, Julie, thanks for your service. I can be real fast. Um, If persisted in for a few months, the effect on a man's family is sure to be great. Well, I've got a little bit of a turn on that. The effect was in my reaction to the family. So when my reaction to my family changed because I was recovered, because I was getting my head out of my ass, because I was being kind and I was listening more than I was speaking, the effect on my family was great. And with that, I'll pass. Wow, that was fast. Thank you, Marzi. Okay. Um, we will now, oh, today's share ID again is 20,514. We will now close the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Susan S.H., would you please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. I, it's a Susan S.H. I was ready to, uh, to read. Go ahead, Susan. I'm Susan. Please. Okay, I'm Susan S.H. In, in Ohio. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.